0: Alpert and the, team with the brass and Carson Sestooli. This is Fangraphs Audio. My guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio, making his weekly Monday appearance on a Tuesday. His weekly Monday appearance, except it has occurred on a Tuesday. Is the managing editor of Fangraphs.com, Dave Cameron. Dave Cameron is the guest, and unlike those typical weekly appearances during which he endeavors to analyze all baseball, what Dave Cameron does here instead is to play a game. Attentive listeners might recall that last week with Eric Longenhagen, That's lead prospect analyst Eric Longenhagen. I played the 2017 over-under prospect game, during which one of us, say Contestant A, would state the name of a rookie eligible player, and then propose an over-under figure for wins above replacement for that same player in the year 2017. Contestant B would then choose the over or the under, as is custom for an over-under wager. Cameron and I here play a version of that same thing for the 2017 season. Cameron proposes the wager. For example, Adam Eaton's UZR in center field this year with the Washington Nationals sets the over-under, in this case, plus eight runs. And then I declare whether Adam Eaton will indeed record more or less, more or fewer than eight runs in center field. We do that ten times, each of us proposing five different over-under wagers. What's at stake? I would say our honor, if we had honor, for those who are interested in the results of our various wagers, I will provide a link to a second post which documents all of the wagers in full. I've done this so that listeners might have a document to which they can refer, although Dave Cameron believes he's found an ulterior motive for that decision.
1: Is this just a way for you to get more content out of your podcast's
0: if you're the sort of person who enjoys Fangraphs Audio generally or any of the content at Fangraphs.com, do consider, do consider acquiring an ad-free membership in addition to supporting the site. What the ad-free membership does is allow readers to navigate the site without the burden of banner ads, allowing for an unfettered reading experience and faster loading speeds than one could imagine or one to possess a poor imagination the ad-free Fangraphs membership, available also by means of a link at the post for this episode. Okay, with that, we have concluded the introduction. What is it? It is Fangraphs Audio. Who does it feature? Managing editor of Fangraphs, Dave Cameron, playing the over-under game for the 2017 season. When does it begin? Right now. we're doing this Cameron is because you wrote me in a fit of jealous rage You said how why would you play why would you have such an entertaining program with Eric Longenhagen and not allow me to participate remember when you sent that email
1: oh yeah that would require that I actually listen to your other podcast <laughs> yeah, <it is>. yeah.
0: <laughs> I think you understood I think you understood the basic rules of the thing
1: though uh, yeah we're doing like no intro we're not going to tell the people what we're doing we're just going to do it
0: no, no I'm going to explain the rules okay. Well, it's the over-under game, and yeah. I, I played it recently with Eric Hagen. It's not particularly sophisticated or complex. Here's how it goes. Like uh, its We host. have
1: each – what? Like its host. host.
0: Yeah. The <laughs> – very good. The, um, the basic rules are this. We're each going to propose five wagers. Okay. Contestant A will name the wager and then set an over-under figure. Contestant B will then select the over or the under. We will uh, we will each, as I say, propose five, alternating in alternating fashion. Okay. And then uh, at the end we will have ten total bets. I will post them in a companion post to this edition of the program. And what we will have then is uh, at the end of the season, in theory, we'll be able to. Well, we'll mock, be able to, uh, to tally other. them up and see who wins.
1: Is this just a way for you to get more content out of your podcasts? Because now you're going to post a podcast and the post from the content of the podcast?
0: I don't think that that's actually a bad thing. That actually seems like the sort of idea I would not typically have. Right.
1: You're, you're, you're being more, more efficient here.
0: I think it's a, it's a question of efficiency. Uh, yes. Yeah. Although oh, there's a question the way, of like, are we
1: cannibalizing the podcast listeners? Because I'm can just read the post. Why are they listening to us talk?
0: I don't know. I, we're not cannibalizing anyone, to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> it's illegal, and I think a sign of, of um, pretty significant mental illness. But no, I don't think it's doing any of that either. Okay. I don't. I don't. I think it's fine. Good rebut
1: is no, we're not.
0: I think it's a fine experiment.
1: Okay, let's get yeah, on yeah. with our fine experiment then.
0: Yeah. Um, so yes, and oh, we oh. also have to come up with with the wager. What the uh, what the result will be? Okay. Uh, do you, uh, now we we frequently will meet. I'm trying to think situation where we see each other after the winter meetings, right? Uh, oh, most likely. No, sorry, sorry. After the season, after the season, It would be the winter meetings. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Because I'm not so coming to could, Maine. No, you're not. No no. no, no. Well, you. No, no, no. You're probably not. Not. Not at this point. No. Yeah. Um so do would you like to say we would uh if it could be something at the winter meetings. Is there ever anything that no, you don't drink I know? Of course I enjoy drinking. Um, quite I a bit. I know that too. You know that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh we could say we could say if I if I win you you would purchase me a beer. Okay. Doesn't sound. Uh, so and then if, if usually you win, at the winter meetings
1: I use the Fangrass corporate credit card. So I think in that case Appleman loses.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You'll buy me a beer with without David, its credit card. With David's money, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That doesn't seem to be working out very well. <laughs> well, we'll have to come to. Uh, do you have any ideas for a wager?
1: Um. Maybe. Maybe if if I win, you have to tell me what kind of plants to plant around my house for best moisture absorption, and you have to do research on the Bend Oregon climate. And then refer me to a local horticulturalist for further yeah. follow up. Okay. Yeah. That's what I want if I win.
0: Okay. All right. If and you then win, if I win,
1: then I'll I'll buy you a beer with David's money. Yeah, alright. That
0: sounds really great. <laughs> well, that is interesting. Are you uh do you do you have problems with moisture, do you think?
1: No, but I've never lived here in the summer and I know our growing season is very short, so um, I think from a horticulturalist standpoint bend is probably interesting in the sense of like nothing grows here <laughs> so.
0: yeah well it's quite dry too isn't it uh
1: well it hasn't been this winter but uh, yeah the summers are usually quite dry and we're at altitude and the growing season is very short because even in the summer it gets below freezing at night so
0: right oh yeah of course yeah well it's very interesting then yeah. okay uh w- would you like me to start or would you like to start uh i
1: will defer to you
0: okay I will start with one uh, of some interest, I think, based off of not only this past regular season, um, but even more so the playoffs. And it concerns uh, the Cleveland Baseball Club, and it concerns (coughs) left-handed reliever Andrew Miller.
1: Are you using the one that you suggested in the chat?
0: Yeah, I am. I'm going to start off with that one. Is that okay? Did you think about it?
1: That's fine. All right. Way to be unoriginal.
0: No, no. Well, I'm starting. Well, I came up with that one. and I thought it was good, and I thought <laughs> it does feel nicely. Very the um, Andrew Miller, of course. Well, the Cleveland uh, gained some notoriety for using, uh, uh, and Manager Terry Francona gained some notoriety for using Andrew Miller, who is, I think, uh, without any doubt, a relief ace type pitcher. Well, he's an excellent pitcher. Uh, reusing him in role in a role other than a typical closer's role. He was not there merely to to uh, record saves. Right. <clears throat> my question is, um, uh, my wager revolves, uh, how often he will be used in the seventh inning or earlier? For number, your information, we're just going with
1: number of appearances.
0: Number of appearances. N- number of, to- of occasions in which he enters the game in the seventh inning or earlier. He did this on ten occasions.
1: In the regular season.
0: In the regular season. However, he did it much more frequently after arriving in Cleveland. Right. Um, he still has the advantage of um, Corey, Cody. Cody Allen. Cody okay. Allen behind him Yeah. Um, in a strong bullpen otherwise, which has recently acquired and added Carlos Frias, who I think will be. So uh, Car- you far know far Carlos
1: Frias' name, but not Cody Allen's name.
0: <laughs> yeah, there, you, there we are. There's Carson Sestouli uh, in a nutshell. Yeah. The, I will set Dave Cameron. The number of appearances for Andrew Miller in which he enters the game in the seventh inning or earlier, I will set that number at 22.
1: Oh, under. Easy. Way under. Yeah. Way under.
0: I mean, realistically, he's
1: going to make 60-ish appearances, right? Especially Mm -hmm. if he's a multi-inning guy. Even It might be 50 if he's pitching two or three innings at a time, if they actually use him that way. So you're saying like almost half of his outings are going to come earlier than the seventh inning.
0: Seventh inning or earlier.
1: Yeah, uh, way under.
0: Okay. Well, would you like to know something? Sure. And how I arrived at this this figure?
1: You pulled it out of your rear end.
0: No, I did not. Is um, Andrew Miller did make ten appearances in the tenth inning, or sorry, the seventh inning or earlier last year? Nine of them with Cleveland. Of the twenty-six appearances he made, so nine of the twenty-six appearances he made with Cleveland this last year, he entered the game in the seventh inning or earlier. Okay. He's projected to make sixty-five appearances.
1: that's too
0: high. All right. Well, 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 that's the beauty of this, Dave Cameron. We will find out. I mean, if, you if, take, if you're using
1: Andrew Miller for more than three outs, and you're going to bring him in for sixty-five appearances, you're looking at like eighty innings pitched. Like they're going to run him into the ground. The only the only relievers who throw eighty innings are guys that like teams don't actually care about. All right, like the Erasmo is of the world throw eighty innings.
0: But you, you can explain it, Dave. Well, you what? I'm just telling you I good. followed what I consider to be a sound methodology. That's fine. I'm telling,
1: I'm telling you why I'm taking the under and why everyone who's sane listening should also take the under. Okay.
0: All right. All right. Well, we'll Everyone it out. with me. Well, what's nice about this arrangement, though, is that it gives us the opportunity to cheer for 10 dumb things over the course of the season.
1: Well, you do that anyway.
0: Well, yeah, but I guess what you'll have the opportunity as well.
1: Oh, <laughs> right, good. Now I'll get to root like Sestuli.
0: Yeah. All right. So we one excited
1: for the Carlos Frias one that's upcoming.
0: Yeah, that might be my that might be my wild card. I have four already planned. I have one that is sort of an improvise. Improvised. All right. Uh, so that's that was mine. That was my first. What's yours, Dave Cameron? Uh,
1: okay. So mine is inspired by the never ending Dodgers Twins trade talks and uh, and what the Dodgers eventually did. Uh, so I would like you to forecast uh, the gap. Uh, or the difference between Brian Dozier's 2017 war and Logan Forsyth's 2017 war. So um, how much better or worse, I guess, will Brian Dozier be than Logan Forsyth be this year? The Over the last couple of years, the uh, average has been about a win per season, but Forsyth has been better the last couple of years and closed that gap. So it's essentially a question of how how real do you think Forsyth's recent improvement is? Um, mm-hmm. So I'm setting the over-under at half a win.
0: Okay, so zero point five wins yep. gap between Dozier. And so using so, so so say if Logan Forsythe <clears throat> uh, hit two point five wins, um, Dozier hit three, that would be a push. Yes, correct. Is that right? Yep. Okay, I will take. I know that I will take the over, um, and perhaps uh, perhaps. And you know, I fully admit that I am suffering from. Um, A manner of bias. I don't know. Is there something that's like it's not recency bias, it's not anchoring, but it's some sort of exposure-related bias. I've heard Brian Dozier's name a lot more often the last (laughs) year, well, in my life, really, than I've heard Logan Forsythe's name. It's perhaps because Forsythe was toiling in obscurity. I think that's Uh, selection
1: bias, probably
0: some sort of selection bias. Okay, Um, but of course, Forsythe has been quite good. Uh, I, I have a sense. It, perhaps I'm wrong that Forsyth... Um, I, it, it, the Dodgers have a lot of players. Now, of course, second base was their greatest weakness. But they seem more willing to uh, to mix and match on a, on a particular given day. Correct. So maybe in such a case where the Dodgers are going to be facing a very tough righty, for example, there's a, there's a possibility that uh, Dave Roberts would, would maybe go with a left-handed batter. Like Chase who they just resigned, yeah. To give, right, to give Lo, Lo, Logan Forsyth a day off. Right. Um, whereas I think that the Twins, at least up until mid-season, I think the Twins will have Dozier playing every day. Right. Because he might be one of the few reasons that people are coming to, to the stadium. Agree wholeheartedly. So, <coughs> what's that?
1: <coughs> Sorry, I agree wholeheartedly with your reasoning. Okay. Uh, I do think... I might take the over just because I'm a little bit of a skeptic on Brian Dozier, and I think he Mm -hmm. had a lot of lucky home runs last year, and I wouldn't be surprised if he regressed fairly significantly. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right about the playing time.
0: Okay. So wait, I'm saying that Brian Dozier, (laughs) the gap will be more than 0.5 wins above Logan Forsythe. So am I taking the over? Is that what I'm taking? Yeah, you're you're taking the over. Okay, so I'm taking the over. Okay. Okay. I did it. I took the over. I have two overs now. All right. Uh, My second wager, the se- my second proposal, is actually based off of a post that uh, Travis Sacek wrote recently. Travis Sacek, uh wrote about Aaron Nola. He did. And how he might be a candidate for the Rich Hill <laughs> treatment, the Rich Hill prescription. Regardless, what we know about Rich Hill uh, is that uh, I guess following a meeting with Brian Bannister, conversation with Brian Bannister, he resolved to throw his curveball a lot more often, and in fact went on to you know lead. I don't know precisely what it was, but he threw it. He threw it nearly fifty percent of the time. It was like forty forty-seven percent of the time, I think, according to our metrics. Um, and it was because it's because his curveball so very good. Uh, Travis Sodick suggested that maybe Aaron Nola. Uh, Who has great secondary pitches or above, you know, strong secondary pitches, including a very good curveball, might benefit from a similar sort of thing because if he has a weakness, it's probably it's pure arm speed, where he has pretty excellent command and good secondaries. Um, And so he suggested that Aaron Nola might benefit from throwing the curveball more often. The metrics I will cite in this, Dave Cameron, are those which appear on Aaron Nola's PitchFX tab on his player profile at Fangraphs. Right. According to that, according to that, uh, Aaron Nola threw 24% curveballs uh, in 2015 as a rookie and threw 33.8% in his second year in the majors. I will set the over-under for Aaron Nola's curveball percentage in 2017 at 37.5. So three-eighths of his pitches exactly will be curveballs is what I say. And what do you say? I'm taking the under.
1: He's coming off arm problems, uh, I think they're gonna be conservative and this is not a year for them to try and win, so I would guess that they will not incentivize Aaron Nola to throw all breaking balls all the time. I bet he'll be closer to 33, 34%.
0: Okay, so usually it'll be roughly the the rates at which, the rate at which he threw it this past season. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised if it was 30% or somewhere in there. Like, I I have a tough time seeing them pushing up to 40% breaking balls in a year where they're not trying to win.
0: Do you do you have a sense that he'll return with any sort of strategy for combating his uh, the his his susceptibility to home runs, or do you think that that was just uh, essentially a fluke?
1: Probably throw fewer bad pitches. Okay, then that'll be a strategy.
0: Yeah, well, that is one. But he, I mean, he had he had excellent peripherals besides that. In fact, <coughs> better than he had the year before.
1: Yeah, he was um, really good. If you just look at like fit.
0: Yeah. Right. So. I don't know, do you, think do you think that there was just – there's essentially a range of situations. There are, like, certain pitches which batters will have a, a very strong opportunity to punish, and they punish a pretty regular percentage of those year to year. But it just so happened that Aaron Nola's – a certain number of his bad pitches were victimized, or he threw a number of pitches that he misplaced, and he won't throw as many this next year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably the former. He probably just got worse results on his bad pitches than we would expect. Mm-hmm.
0: At one point, didn't we cite a Greg Maddox quote? Yeah. Uh, where it was like, he's like, a pitcher throws like roughly X percent of his pitches where he wants them to. Right, yeah. And how well he. Pr- What's
1: that? I think we thought it was like 20 percent or
0: something, right? Yeah, I think it might have even been higher than that. Yeah. But, I mean, for Maddox, maybe it's yeah. higher than that. Yeah. And then for other pitchers, it's not so much. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, so, so now I have three overs. I have the over on Nola, the over on Miller, and the over on the Dozier Forsyth. Difference. Yep. Okay.
1: So now is your turn, Dave Cameron. All right. So also inspired by an offseason transaction, okay. uh, the Nationals uh, acquired Adam Eaton this offseason. Adam mm-hmm. Eaton put up a UZR plus twenty three in less than a thousand innings in right field last year, mm-hmm. uh, in part because of his really good arm, but also because he's pretty rangy. Uh, Eaton was one of the best defensive players in baseball last year, by uh, at least by UZR and DRS. And that's um,
0: including his uh, his positional adjustment as well?
1: No, no, that was just his UZR. So okay, all right. Ju- all right. Just, just the fielding rating in right field was plus 23 last year. Um, but as Jeff Sullivan wrote when the trade happened, he has really interesting splits in terms of um, he's, he's been graded as an excellent uh, elite defensive right fielder and just an average or even below average center fielder when he has played center field. The Nationals are moving him back to center field. Uh, apparently... Uh, not caring that the the splits are large and taking the side of um, research done by Mitchell Lichtman and others, and I'm sure themselves internally, um, that suggests if you're a really good defensive right fielder, you're probably not a below average defensive center fielder. So I'm my question is, what do you think Adam Eaton's UVR in center field is going to be this year? Uh, mm-hmm. We are discounting any time he plays right or left field. If, for some reason, say Bryce Harper gets hurt and they move him back to right for some time, that won't count. We're only looking at Adam Eaton's UZR as a center fielder, uh, and I'm going to set the over-under at plus eight.
0: Now, uh, to account for playing time differences, do you want to maybe do plus eight, like, UZR 150?
1: No, because I think, like, uh, once you get down to, like, if he only plays, like, 300 innings in center field Mm -hmm. because of injuries or something, then this whole thing is useless. (laughs) And, like, we shouldn't look at UZR 150 in a small sample anyway.
0: Okay. So you're gonna set you're setting his UZR yep. at plus eight in center field.
1: Plus eight as a center fielder, which would make him a well above average, borderline elite center fielder. Not quite Billy Hamilton or Kevin Pillar, but very good.
0: And so, so you're essentially you're proposing that either he improved in a general way somehow between 2015 and 16 to the point playing right field. He's something he understood, began to understand something about fielding. Maybe he had not before. Or that, for whatever reason, he had just put up bad fielding numbers before? Because he had some pretty low UZR figures before that.
1: Correct. Uh, I will point out for uh, full disclosure, and so you can make the most informed decision you can, I believe Eaton had elbow problems in 2014 and 2015, which hampered his throwing, and like, something like plus 14 or plus 12 or some really high amount of his UCR from last year was his arm rating, not just his range. Right. Um, so there was a huge spike in runs saved by throwing out runners and, and stopping guys from running. Um, and so it wasn't just getting to balls left and right, which is generally what people think of when they think of UCR.
0: Right. Yeah. And arm. And and uh, Jeff is usually pretty good at sussing out uh, arm related, because I think he was on Juan Ligaris for a he, long he time. Was, wasn't he was, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And if we know that Eaton was had an injured elbow and then now he does not have an injured elbow, that, that, that would help explain why his arm rating jumped so quickly.
0: Right, yeah. And in fact, if, uh, looking over the fan scouting reports for his entire career, really, he started off in the 50s, the first three years, and went down to 37 uh, in uh, out of you know on a scale of that's that's uh, zero to one hundred, and then went up to seventy three last year. Presumably, White Sox fans saw him throwing out many betters. Yep. Well, extrapolated from that, that he was yep. throwing harder. Uh, nevertheless, <coughs> nevertheless, Dave Cameron, I will take the under. Okay. Um, I have, And perhaps again, this is uh, simply my inability to project. But I think that, uh, well, even if it does have something to do with throwing, um, perhaps. There was a perhaps. there's a question of um, of uh, scatty reports being adjusted. Uh, uh, people maybe in failing not going to run on on him as much now. I assume that the arm rating. I'm pretty sure the arm rating also accounts for bases essentially not advanced in yes, certain situations. Yes, correct. It does. Right. So it's going to it's going to it's going to account for some of that. However, um, I I feel comfortable taking taking below eight because uh, just looking over his resume, even if we say that um, he returns he, he's better now uh, with his army it would still take something like you'd be calling for something like a fifteen run swing or something like that. I don't necessarily see that happening so I will take the under okay I am taking the under okay let's see let's turn our attention now to this is my third my third proposal Dave yep. And this concerns the Milwaukee Brewers.
1: Oh, uh, so does my third one.
0: Uh oh. Get ready, Where's Brewers yours?
1: fans! This is going to be an exciting, uh, exciting ten
0: minutes. All right, <laughs> I'm looking at their at their base runs wins record.
1: Okay.
0: Is that fair? Yeah. Now, Dave, you may or may not remember that. Uh, well, of course, every <coughs> year at Fangraphs, we uh, the staff will predict the the winners of uh, division and the wild cards, and then of course some awards as well. Um, and I think I not I'm not sure I'd sure say memorably but I was excited about uh the Milwaukee Brewers entering the season and and I would say foolishly yeah or in maybe with uh suffering from undue enthusiasm I chose them to win the National League wild card
1: That was crazy
0: Yeah now despite the fact that I did that I think I named 5 of 6 playoff contenders So it it worked out okay <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, you would have been 6 or 6 had you not lost your sanity. Uh, right,
0: all right. I th- but so I chose so I chose uh yes, I chose the Brewers to win one of the wild card spots. They did not, it turns out. Uh and they ended up I think with 73 wins. Sure. That sounds that, that sounds, sounds about
1: in, yeah, in there somewhere.
0: That sounds about right. And they and they um but that was even better than their actual base runs wins record which I believe uh placed them at 66. <clears throat> Looking over our projections now for 2017, we find that the Brewers are projected currently, given our depth charts projections. Uh, once again, for 66 base runs wins.
1: Yeah, that's not very good.
0: It's not very good. And it, in fact, it's the, they have the lowest base runs wins percentage in the league. Yeah. Uh, I won't hear of it, Dave Cameron. Um, despite the fact that they recorded... Um, 66 base runs wins this past year despite the fact that they are uh, projected to to win uh, to record 66 base runs wins this year i am going to set the over under at 73 Uh, because again perhaps foolishly i think they have a chance of competing they have they have a a if you thought they had a
1: chance of competing your number would be much higher
0: you, you, ch- you don't think, that it, you don't think a team games. with a
1: 73 win mean <laughs> has a chance of competing uh,
0: yeah uh, i was going to set it at 75 but then i thought there's no way you're going to pick 75 base runs wins so that's this 09. doesn't
1: this doesn't have to this doesn't reflect your your thought that they have a chance to compete you're just trying to pick a number that you'll get me to take the over
0: that's part of it yeah, yeah. that's there's two things going on i think that they're going to be surprising and But of course I thought that last year. Um, But I also would like – but I also think that my enthusiasm for them is so overstated that I can turn down the volume on it a little bit and still get you to pick the under is my point.
1: Yeah, you're right, you can. I'm going to take the under on 73.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. 73 base runs wins. Yeah, I'm going to take the under.
1: I think uh if, like, the, you know, the reason that they project really poorly is they just don't really have any great players, and, like, you know, they have a whole bunch of, like, okay players, but uh if Ryan Braun plays well, he's going to get traded. And if any of their pitchers do well, they're going to get traded. And if they find a closer, he's going to get traded. So I think maybe the first half of the season I would take the over, but I think the second half of the year they're going to be playing a bunch of young kids, and they're not going to be very good.
0: Okay, so you, th- so you think that they might be on that sort of pace over the first half of the season until they shred, yeah. not shred, until but they yeah, get break,
1: Sell off any parts who have significant present value. Right,
0: okay. All right.
1: Okay, so mine is related, uh, sort of. Um, so the Brewers have an interesting outfield with uh, what Brian, Brian Braun, Keon Broxton, and Domingo Santana. Uh, yeah. I think Broxton is a big, big uh, Jeff Sullivan uh, project, and mm-hmm. uh, Domingo Santana has been loved by the projections for quite a while. Uh, and I think maybe, maybe even was one of your favorite prospects a few years ago, if I remember correctly. I like him in
0: August. Yes, I'd like him in August. Fagersham was—he yeah. was, sort of viewed him as George Springer part two. Right.
1: So neither of them have performed that spectacularly in the major leagues, but there are reasons to think they could be good. And Ryan Braun, obviously, is the Brewers. You know, best player and makes a lot of money. So those three guys are fairly locked in as regular outfielders, except for Zips, I believe, thought that Louis Brinson was the team's second best player headed into 2017, uh, and gave a very rosy projection for the, uh, main prospect they got back from Jonathan Lucroy. So I would like you to forecast, uh, over under 200 plate appearances in the major leagues this year for Louis Brinson, which is both a vote for your confidence in Lewis Brinson's ability to produce and force his way into the big leagues, and also potentially a vote against one of the other three.
0: Yeah. Lewis <clears throat> Brinson. Yep. Yeah, Two hundred plate
1: appearances this year.
0: Two hundred plate appearances. Lewis Brinson has uh, exciting physical tools. He does. Um, and he has turned that into production production in the major in the minor leagues. Um. Although he, n- he has not had necessarily giant complements of plate appearances, I think he's maybe suffered some injuries along the way. Nothing systemic, but nagging. <coughs> um. What what concerns me about Brinson is that he does not always uh, control the plate particularly well. Right. Uh, not to say that either Keon Broxton or Domingo Santana do that either Uh, but research by our friend Chris Mitchell uh, suggests that players all things being equal players who have strikeout issues will adapt more slowly to the major leagues now Brinson is the sort of player not quite to like in the you know to the level of Byron Buxton probably but uh, or Yon Mankata but he's the sort of player who even with strikeout issues might be able to um, hold his own to some degree right. uh, he because has he has a lot fielding. right it's got a lot else going on yeah. but and i and i think that uh, there's a very strong chance that even if he doesn't end up making you know even if he's recording a, a strikeout rate that's worse than league average uh that he'll be a perfectly accomplished player i don't think that that will be 2017 however and so for that reason I, su- I somewhat reluctantly because I do I do think probably there's a good chance that Ryan Braun is going to leave at the the trade deadline, um, and therefore Brinson would probably be he would be a, a reasonable bet to replace Brin- Brinson would be a, a reasonable bet to replace Braun. However, uh, I think that if contact appears to be an issue at all, that the Brewers won't want him to embarrass himself for an extended stretch at the major league level. So I'll take the under. Okay, so you're voting yeah. in,
1: in confidence in both Keon Brockman and Domingo Santana keeping their jobs all year.
0: Yeah, I'm doing that, and it's also like the the Brewers also have other outfield prospects um, like Brett Phillips, for example, and I, I, like maybe maybe Kirk New Neuenwe- and is not, still he's not he's a prospect. Not, he's
1: not a prospect. But he's, he's not around. A prospect, yeah, right. he's but right. he's around. But he's
0: around. And so I feel like that the Brewers would not necessarily. Need to get a full would not necessarily hand over full a full amount of playing time to Brinson anyway. Uh, maybe Brinson would get a bunch of September playing time. But right. um, now there's also to, you also have to consider that I'm, that I'm totally talking out of my ass. <laughs> so that's the other thing that's going on. But I will say Brinson, 200 PA's under.
1: Okay, and that has been yeah. the Milwaukee Brewers portion of this podcast.
0: Yeah, it has been. So we've done one, two, three, four, five, six. So we each have two more, I guess. Yep. Uh this next one I have uh, uh is interesting I have no strong opinion either way but I am but it is uh I suppose it is something to consider and it it just concerns it concerns another post uh that was written recently and that's it was Craig Edwards looking at the Dodgers starting rotation. Uh, we might have mentioned recently or it might have been in the recording we did that was deleted accidentally or the sound sound quality was poor. Uh, the, the, the Los Angeles Dodgers have used a lot of pitchers over the last couple of years. Yeah. I think in 2015 they used 16 total starters. Yeah. Last year they used 15 total starters. Right. Taking that as my cue, Dave Cameron, I will ask you this question. Again, about <coughs> which I, about which I don't really care. Uh, but I'm just curious to see how you feel about it. The Los Angeles Dodgers. Number of players to record one start at least one start, I will set the number, so there will be no push, at 15.5, which also happens to be the average number of starters they've used over the last two years.
1: I mean, I I have to take the under because that's the record, right? Like, no team has ever used (laughs) more than 15 except for the Dodgers. So you set the over-under so high that I don't have a choice. I have to take the under.
0: And yet, how... Do they seem to have taken any steps to investing in players who are definitely going to be more durable than the ones they've had over the last few years?
1: Well, I mean, I think you're going to look at Julio Urias should have less of an innings restriction, so he should be able to make more starts than he did last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Alex Wood had a injury that came from hitting, not pitching, so even though people were predicting he was going to break down forever, he got hurt in not the way that you people thought he was going to get hurt. And there's no real evidence that Alex Wood is, like, injury-prone. Um... So, I mean I think you've got at least those two guys where you can think there's gonna be potentially more health. Um, uh, Brock Stewart, there's no reason to think that he's, you know, injury prone. Ross Stripling seems to be durable enough for a young pitcher. Um so I think they've got some guys obviously, you know, you would expect Kershaw not to miss two months every year, and if they don't if Kershaw pitches the whole season, that's, you know, ten to twelve starts they don't have to give to somebody not named Clayton Kershaw. Um and I think they don't have quite as many of those Uh, you know, optionable veterans, the Mike Bolsingers of the world that they've had floating around the last couple of years, or the Carlos Friases, like those guys aren't around as much anymore. Um, so I think they're gonna use, you know, maybe 9 to 12, but, like, I think if you would have said it like 11, I would have had a really hard time, but 15 and a half, I have to take the under.
0: Okay. right. Well, wait, is that really the record? I probably didn't realize that.
1: No, no one has ever used that many before the Dodgers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, fair enough. Yeah. All right. I've done it. We've okay. done it. Okay. We've done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, Cameron, this is your fourth.
1: Yeah. So we're staying in the NL Central. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing we've seen in the last... Well, dec- we
0: were not just in the NL Central. We Well, were in I'm New staying in the
1: NL Central because my previous okay. one was the Brewers. Yeah. Um. So we've seen that over the last decade or so, the Cardinals have a... Uh, either, uh, amusing or annoying, depending on your rooting preferences, uh, way of getting value from people that no one has ever heard of. And, uh, developing non-prospects into superstars. So, I looked at Eric Longenhagen's, uh, top 24 prospects list that he published a couple weeks ago. And then I looked at all the other, other prospects of note, and the players he didn't mention. And I want you to tell me how much combined war the Cardinals will get in 2017 from guys he did not rank in their top 24. So basically, oh, yeah, their mean, fringe <laughs> prospects, the the Sistuli guys of the Cardinals organization. How much value will the Cardinals get out of all of them this year? Oh
0: man, what do you think? Guys, you I'm going to uh, I'm going to point my internet browser. I don't think this is cheating, uh, but I'm going to, I am going to put point my internet browser to. Um, his for a moment.
1: <clears throat> yeah, no, that's fine. You can look at his list.
0: Because yeah, I will ready. say, like,
1: uh, I'll include your guy, Wilfredo Tovar. You can have him. Uh, okay. And there were a few guys, uh, like someone who I've never heard of, named Tommy Edmund. And the write-up is, like, the most Cardinals, this guy's going to be amazing write-up ever. An undersized middle infielder with a good field to hit and a good approach. Edmund's physical tools point more towards second base than shortstop, and there probably isn't enough power there to play every day, so the on-base skills will need to max out. That guy's hitting thirty bombs and putting up a six-win season this year. I mean, that's just how the, Card- that's how the Cardinals roll. So,
0: yeah, and he's he actually uh, uh, Tommy Edmund got a decent uh, a decent Cato projection right. too. It looks
1: so like. the stats kind of like him, and this is like the Cardinal player who's gonna you know be a monster in September.
0: Yeah. So we're you're talking total wins above replacement from prospects who did not appear in the, yeah. in his top twenty four listings, which is what forty. Forty-five and above, I think he does. Uh, he went down to forty for this, I think. Actually, he goes down he to had, 40, like John okay.
1: Gant was the last guy on the list and was a forty. Yeah, okay,
0: right. He does forty and above. Yeah, of course. Um, <coughs> I don't even necessarily. I don't necessarily know it would be a lot, but it probably doesn't have to be a big number because, like, by definition, these are up and down players. Like right. forty, for- like forty-five is like a like a barely. I mean, 40s obviously, or 40 50s obviously league average. So 45 is like a guy that who should be a bench player on a championship team. Um, so 40 is like zero and a half to you know. One. I mean, this is a guy who's basically replacement level. Who you're proposing? This is a collection of guys who are replacement level. Who who you're saying will put up however many wins? They're what did have, you
1: set uh, it at? Cardinal Magic will. Oh, I don't even think I told you. Cardinal Magic will turn at least one of these guys into a superstar.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I mean, that's just what history tells us. So I set the over-under for a combined war from prospects in the currently in the Cardinal system, not ranked on Eric's list at 2.4. So they'll get uh, 2.4 wins above replacement from this, this collection of other guys or just people we've never even heard of.
0: Given my natural affinity for this sort of player, I don't necessarily... I could say this. I don't necessarily know if I believe that it will be more than 2.4 wins, but I want it to be more than <laughs> 2.4 wins. So I'm going to take the over. Okay. If for no other reason than the joy that I will extract from cheering for the over uh, would it like outweigh the the disappointment I feel about having to talk to you about what plants to put in your yard.
1: Right, right. Well, I will I say the, the odds of the going higher probably improved because as we record this today, Alex Reyes is having elbow problems and potentially could need Tommy John surgery. So if he's out for the year, that frees up, you know, 150 to 200 innings that now can't go to a guy who throws 100 and they're going to, you know, have to go to lesser pitchers.
0: Yeah. All right. So yeah, so I'm, t- I'm taking the over. Cards 2.4 <coughs> and I look forward to Tommy Edmund. Yeah. Edmonds. We don't even, I don't even know... Maybe it's is it? What do you think it is? Tommy Edmund or Edmonds? Uh,
1: why would – I mean? There's no ass on his player page. Why would it be Edmonds? Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. I
0: don't know. I wasn't looking at his player page at no. the time. No, just maybe because there are more than them. Tommy Edmund, more Man. than one of them. Tommy Edmund. All right. That's uh, okay. So this is this is my last this is my last proposal. Okay. All right, and it's going to concern the uh, the Colorado Rockies. <clears throat> the Colorado Rockies. Have, as Travis Achatz has noted, have uh, are well positioned to experiment um, maybe with how they utilize pitchers. Right. Um, of course, so are the and so are the Miami Marlins, aren't they?
1: Yeah, that was my article.
0: That was your article. So maybe I well, I could do it with one of the other. I really don't care with which one I do it. How about I'll do it with both? Okay. Miami and Colorado <laughs> are both in uh, for for unique. Um, Miami because they actually have a pretty good bullpen, but they do not have much in the way of starters. I think Dan Straley is probably what their number two starter at this point. Uh, Maybe, yeah. yeah,
1: that might be true.
0: That might be true. Um, Wei Yin Chen is the race, I believe. Yeah.
1: If he felt it, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> this past year, um. Colorado ranked 17th <coughs> in starter innings per game pitched. Yeah. Okay. Averaged about five and a half. Miami averaged, or uh, Miami was twenty-four, ranked 24th in by that by that category. was uh, about five point four. I have to be careful how I phrase this, but here it is. <coughs> the over under is this, so this is this is their place on the innings per game started ranking okay and the over under will be 25th place so both teams so if you're taking the if you're taking the over essentially you're saying that they will they will appear at they will appear well i'll say 24.5 I'll set it 20, the rank 24.5. So you, say, so you if you're taking the over, they will rank 25th or higher in terms of um, innings pitched per game started. By higher, you mean will,
1: 26, 28, 29, 30.
0: Precisely, yeah, 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 yeah exactly.
1: Uh, both teams? So I need both teams to finish in the same range?
0: You do, yeah. You do. Well,
1: I'm going to take the under then because the odds that both of them finish in the bottom six are slim. Mm-hmm.
0: Slim, yeah. Yeah. You know the Dodgers finished the Dodgers finished second to last in that category as well. Oh yeah.
1: Well they were pretty aggressive about pulling their Mike Bolsingers and their you know, like they started yeah, yeah, with Leo yeah. Urias and let him go three innings or whatever.
0: Yeah. Alright, so I'm taking I'm taking essentially the under. No, I'm taking so the So I'm under. taking well yeah, I'm taking I have one through twenty four no no, you have one through twenty four. Yeah, you're you're taking the over. Right. I'm taking the over. Okay. That's what we're doing. I don't know if I phrased it as well as possible, but no. I am—I uh, have a penchant for failure in all <laughs> things, and this is another example of it. Do you think that they'll? So, Colorado was 17th this year. Miami was 24th. <coughs> Do you think that they'll finish further down the list? Not necessarily.
1: I mean, I think uh, what like the the Rockies are losing Jorge De La Rosa, who didn't pitch very deep into games last year. Um, that, what They gave Eddie Butler some starts last year, which wasn't a good idea. And they're not going to do that again. I think there's reasons to think the Rockies' rotation could be better this year than it was last year. Um, so even though I agree with Travis's point that like, because of their ballpark, they should experiment, I don't think they're going to.
0: Yeah, I know. It's, it's more a case of wishful thinking, but it allowed me to monitor it over the course of the season. Right. Um, so, all right. So And, and yeah, now teams – like five and a third. The Reds were five. The Reds and the Dodgers were the only teams under a five and a third per game started.
1: Right for very different reasons.
0: Right because the Dodgers. It was more of what of a progressive mindset in Cincinnati. It's it's the just they were like Atlanta. these guys are
1: terrible. Get them out of the game, and then they yeah, would go so, to their worst ever bullpen that we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, last one, Dave Cameron.
1: All right. So this one uh, is not actually about a baseball player, but it's about someone we both know and. Love is a strong word, but we both know. Uh, mm-hmm. So we see the headlines that appear on people's articles when they submit them for the queue. And then you and I, uh, with some regularity, change those before the public sees them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would like to ask you um, how many articles Eno Seris is going to put in the queue this year before we change his headline that has the word spin in the headline. How many articles is he going to submit where he he writes something, something, spin, something, something?
0: Uh, let's see. Okay, and what are you setting it at? Uh,
1: my over-under is
0: six. Ooh, that's pretty good.
1: Hold so that means he's going to have to write at least six articles about spin uh, because obviously he could write some where he wouldn't put the word in the headline, although he does like to write the word spin in headlines.
0: Well, I'm going to take the under... And are you betting on Eno getting fired at some point this year? Well, no, no, I'm not betting on getting fired. I do know that now. Eno says he's going to write every day. Yeah, and that's fine. But I do know he has another project going on at the same yeah, time. He,
1: he has that new beer gig.
0: So I could. So everyone we have who says they're going to write X number of posts, they usually write. X minus, <laughs> or X times a uh, like a multiplier that, like is, point, that is a
1: decimal point 0.3 or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah everyone writes does a little bit less than yeah. they say. Yeah. So that's part of it. He also has he's got and part of that is like you've got two kids. Yeah. So he's dealing with that all the time. But wouldn't um, that make it
1: more likely that he would just go to like the well of like, oh, what do I like to write about? I like to write about the spin.
0: Sure. Now here's the other thing that I'm betting I'm betting on. Our own lack of initiative <coughs> to keep track of spin-related articles.
1: Oh. Okay. This, so, this is so going to be I a tougher one to track for sure.
0: Yes, it is. Yeah. So that's why I'm taking the under because I think uh, you always bet on indolence. <laughs> you always bet on laziness, and that's what I'm betting on. So you could say six, but I'm going to take the under. Okay. On six. Yeah. What do you think? Do you, do you feel confident with the over?
1: <coughs> no, I tried to set it. I tried to set all my over-unders so they would be interesting. So I think I could see Eno only putting it in three or four or maybe seven or eight. I mean, it's, I think it could go either way. Yeah.
0: All right. Take Let's be honest, though. Eno's going
1: to write about spin a lot.
0: Yeah, he is. Yeah. I mean, that's a fact.
1: Yeah.
0: Wait, can you tell me what we know about spin? I read all these articles. Is spin good? Uh, it.
1: So, yes, high spin is good and low spin is good, but they have very different purposes. Right. So. I
0: actually understood it, uh, in a substantive way today with regard to Jeremy Jeffress. Yeah. Who Wait, had a low spin. Was that Nino
1: Saras article about spin?
0: It was. It did not count, though. I know, I know. Starting today. <coughs> Starting today until, until when? Until the final. Yeah, until the end out- of the year. So the end of the regular season or world series? No, or? no, the
1: end of the year year.
0: End of the year year? No, no, because we're do, if we're if we're doing our bets at the winter meetings.
1: Yeah, well if he has not written six by then, I'm gonna sit next to you know and tell him to write three articles about spin and then I'll get the over.
0: No, we have to be clear. Because all the rest of these will be resolved okay, fine. by the end of the regular season.
1: November thirtieth. November thirtieth? Yeah. It gives him like a month to write about like World Series spin.
0: I yeah, know, now I'm worried. Wait. So you're saying all these are resolved by the end of the regular season, and this one is special for some reason?
1: Because this one is not the 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 person conducting the experiment doesn't stop playing in October.
0: Okay, November 30th. That's yeah. fine. I still I still uh, betting on my uh, lack of initiative to to tally them. Especially now, what's my incentive to tally them? Right. Exactly. I'm gonna. Have and to what is going to be like,
1: just send you know a twenty and. And tell him to put it in there.
0: Okay. He he did include spin in the title today, and I kept it. Do you think there was a better better title than Jeremy Jefferson using spin rate to get better?
1: Yeah, there was probably
0: a better headline. I think the
1: average reader, I could be wrong, but I think the average reader sees the word spin rate and says, no thanks.
0: How about how how Jeremy Jefferson transformed his fastball?
1: Yeah, like that would have been better. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah what do you think what do you thinks one of the good titles we've had recently uh, uh, you you probably didn't understand the joke, but Craig Edwards wrote a piece on the uh, world baseball classic yesterday uh entitled so much Talent in the WBC.
1: yeah, I didn't like that headline very much
0: well, what you didn't realize it's a reference to a rap song
1: okay yeah, by I, Snoop, I didn't Dog.
0: get that. Snoop Dogg. in a rap, in a song says so there's um so much drama in the l b c Reference to Long Beach. Okay. And, um, anytime we can,
1: uh, sacrifice traffic so that we can sound cool by throwing back to a 20 year old rap song, we should definitely do it.
0: I, but I don't think it was sacrificing traffic. I think anyone who, who understands the song, who's heard the song, Dave Cameron, which is a lot of people. Uh, for example, the first comment was, it's kind of hard being Craig Edwards G, which is also a reference to the song.
1: Right. That's selection bias though. That just means the person who did click the article, uh, knows the reference, but how many people didn't click the article because they're like, well, this is a stupid headline.
0: Yeah, but may, but maybe now there's a certain level of enthusiasm among those people. If, it might be a smaller group, but it perhaps it's greater level of enthusiasm among the people who, who were clicking. And so they say, my affection overall for Fangraphs has increased, and so Craig Edwards could be laying the foundation for more clicks in the future.
1: Do you think the Venn diagram of Fangraphs readers and Snoop Dogg listeners is a lot of overlap? Yeah, I do. Really?
0: Yeah. Well, I don't you don't have to be have been a Snoop Dogg listener per se. You just had to have been alive in the year 1995. I was alive in 1995. And not and, and somehow not allergic to pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well,
1: I would bet that you are overstating the amount of Snoop Dogg fans we have in the audience.
0: Yeah. Well, if we could turn that into an over/under, I would, but right. I don't think there's any sort of way to solve yeah. it.
1: Yeah, that would be tough.
0: Okay. Hey, Dave, we did
1: it. We went long.
0: Yeah, but we we've established ten wagers of uh, varying degrees of interest for for the 2017 season.
1: All right, hooray for us!
0: And not season in one case, which I I I protest a little bit, but not I'm not energetic enough about it to really complain. You're about. not
1: protesting too much.
0: No, the lady doth not protest too much. Looks like I have a couple posts to edit too. You do. Ugh. Ugh. Ugh.
1: You're protesting that, I see.
0: I am. Yeah. You posted something. I did. Finally. All right, let's finish. Let's finish recording. All <laughs> right. About this. Hey, thank you, Dave Cameron. You're welcome. All right. That has been Dave Cameron, managing editor of Fangraphs.com. I'm Carson Cistulie. This has been Fangraphs Audio.